The conception phase is, is the time when the vision for the church happens. It's the time when the planter is chosen. And it's the time when the, when the team is often beginning to be mobilized. One of the very important issues that needs to be addressed is to make sure that the team that is pulling together has the same vision and values. Because the, the important part of that is that everybody needs to be singing off the same sheet of music. You don't want to have somebody singing one song with somebody else on the team singing a completely different song in a different key with a different rhythm. That would be disharmony. What you want is harmony, moving the same direction. And so that is an important part. Now you realize that if the, if the initial team are Christians, they have certain expectations. They have certain assumptions about the way church ought to be. How many of you are married or have been married? Can I see your hands? Okay, almost everybody. Did you have any adjustments you needed to make after you got married? Somebody said no? <laughs> we will pray for his wife. <laughs> Conflicts in marriage often arise from differing values, differing assumptions, differing expectations. And so it seems that sometimes one of the people in the marriage values on timeness, and they often get married to somebody that is late. Has that ever happened? Or are Germans always early? <laughs> Have you noticed that some people that are neat marry people that are messy? Organized marries disorganized. Those are differing values or assumptions now, when it comes to a new church, you realize that a new church can have disharmony that arises because of all the new people that are coming in. What are some of those issues? See, in an established church, many of these things are set, rightly or wrongly, but they're agreed upon, and that's the way it is. In a new church, these things are not set, and they need to be agreed upon so that you know how to establish it and get going. Now, here is the biggest mistake that a church planter can make. He can overlook differing values that are strongly embraced and ignore it and hope it all works out. Because a church planter is often very interested in getting more people. So they'll bring in Christians that have differing values and hope they'll be able to work it out later on. Now, we've seen this happen in life many times, haven't we? Somebody decides to marry another person and decides, I will change them after we get married. Guess what? They don't change. How many of you have seen that happen, either personally or seen it in somebody else's life? How many have seen that? It's a major issue because you cannot make everybody happy. Now, these kinds of problems emerge most frequently when you form the church from Christians or non-Christians. Which do you suppose? How many say non-Christians? How many say Christians? You're right. For the most part, with not, now there's some exceptions, but for the most part, with non-Christians that you bring into to faith, 
You just simply tell them this is the way church is. Here's how we do it here. And they'll believe you. You very rarely face these problems when you evangelize pre-Christians. You almost always have these problems when you gather Christians in. Because Christians have in their minds a set of expectations of the way they think things ought to be. I don't know if you have this problem here, but in the States, we have Christians that go from church to church trying to find sort of the perfect church. We call them church shoppers. And what they have is a checklist. Do you have a good children's ministry? Do you have a choir? Do you read from a certain version of the Bible? Do you speak in tongues? The answer could be yes or no, could be the right or wrong answer, depending upon what they're looking for, right? Do you raise your hands in worship? Who knows what they choose sometimes? Those are the kinds of issues, core issues, that you need to have agreement on. Are you tracking with me on this? See, one of the things that's very important as you're forming a new church is to make sure that the people are looking in the same direction and share the same essential convictions. Now, there are certain... Uh, issues where you can be flexible. And in fact, some of your core values that you have as evangelical freeze expresses that kind of flexibility. So if somebody wants to be, for instance, on baptism, you're, you're flexible, right, on the mode of baptism? To have agreement on that, a person has to be willing. There's no agreement on that. There's no whether agreement. We're, whether we're flexible or not. Whether you're flexible or not? Yeah, there's no agreement. Yeah. A core value uh, of, of accepting people who have been baptized as children, but only baptizing believers as adults. Now, if you were to have a Christian come into your group that absolutely insisted that every single person be rebaptized, that could be a conflict, right? So you understand you have core values. Sometimes, though, you haven't articulated them very clearly. And these core values go beyond just the doctrinal statement to the ministry that you're actually going to do and how you carry out that ministry together. You realize that if you're an established church, established churches have certain core values. And part of the problems that you face in trying to implement change is because some of the core values that have been embraced are not consistent with biblical core values. Are you tracking with me? Now here's the other side. Sometimes people, Christians, will say they have something as a core value, but they really don't believe it in their heart. 